0: Evernational National Orienteering Podcast. mapping, and compass. Navigation skill. Orienteering competition. I've no on, on Running like a motherfucker.
1: Iver National Orienteering Podcast.
0: Welcome again to Ivor National Orienteering Podcast. Uh, and this uh, autumn uh, weeks and weekends, it's uh, a lot of uh, competitions all over Europe uh, to talk about. Uh, so I think... Uh, we just uh, shall uh, go on and dig into the material, um, and uh, maybe we should uh, start with the Friday's uh, Swedish champs night.
2: Yeah, that's a good start. So we will start up in the yeah quite far north of the of Sweden, and then we will go east to Finland, and then south down to Czech Republic, to Hungary, to Switzerland, and then back up to the north. Uh, with the Norwegian-European champ selection races. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. And, yeah, as you mentioned, starting with the night champs from Sweden that were held on Friday, that's a really good starting point.
0: Yeah, and uh, we had uh, uh, put out some uh, qualified guests before uh, the race, as we talked about in uh, uh, the episode uh, last week. Uh, in the women's class, uh, Ellen Monson was our favourite head of... Uh, Andreas Svensson and, uh, and um, Rebecca Heinrup. Uh, and yeah, we saw uh, some of them uh, doing a lot of mistakes and some of them were performing quite good here.
2: Yeah, so the Swedish
0: night champs were held in with
2: individual start. Uh, it was a quite tricky terrain, obviously, especially in the night where the visibility is so much worse than in the daylight. So we saw some spectacular mistakes uh, from the GPS runners. Um, but yeah, if we start with the women's class, we had a, a clear, clear win for Andreas Svensson, uh, one of the favorites before Stark. Uh, she had a good race, avoided the big mistakes, took some safe route choices around on the pots, uh, and won with a margin of more than five minutes ahead of the yeah the surprise silver medalist, uh, the young Annik Meister from Ukoline, the Swiss girl uh, that has been living in Sweden the last year and is therefore. Eligible to fight for medals in um, in um, in the Swedish Championship, and then another surprise medal for Hanna Hennström uh, from Göteborg Majorna, where two of the big biggest pre-race favorites, Ellen Monson and Rebecca Heinrup, they were more than 13 minutes down in fifth place and sixth place, sixth place after some quite spectacular mistakes.
0: Uh, yeah, and we can also mention that. Uh... Andreas Svensson uh, were out in the dark in uh, almost 80 minutes here in the Friday afternoon. So it was uh, quite uh, tough uh, Swedish uh, night champs. Uh, and uh, also uh, the, in the men's class, it was actually shorter winning time. Uh, and here um, we had uh, uh, Simon Hector as our favorite. Uh, uh, that she sh- he should win ahead of Simon Imark and Joachim Svensk. It was uh, a Svensk and at the podium and actually at the top of the results.
2: Yeah, so Victor Svensk continuing with his uh, streak of Swedish championship titles. Uh, he won the ultra long in the summer. He won the long distance. He won the middle distance. And now he also won the night champs. Uh, a very good race from him. Uh, not, not perfectly clean, uh, but he was able to minimize the few mistakes he had. Uh, and the winning margin was five minutes down to... Also here in the men's class, we have a, kind of a big surprise for a silver medalist in Erik Handrup from IFK Umeå. Uh, and then Anton Johansson uh, in third place was six and a half minutes down. So big, big margins. Uh, we have Emil Granqvist in fourth place, Simon Hector in fifth place, and Jekyll Lissell in sixth place. All of them are eight and a half minutes down, very tight there. Um, yeah, so big margins. Uh, A lot of mistakes. Uh, We saw Simon Hector had a decent start uh, and then he made a three four minute mistake early on. And he also had some bad route choices, so lost some time. But I think, I think no one would have been able to beat uh, Victor Svensky, he was running at a much higher speed than the other.
0: Uh, Yeah, and uh, only uh, some minor mistakes there. And uh, after this uh, Friday, they had a rest day on uh, Saturday. And uh, then it was the final of this year's Swedish League on uh, Sunday with a chasing start. Uh, Here, uh, the premises before uh, the chasing start uh, in uh, the women's class uh, was uh, Andreas Svensson in the lead. And uh, Elaine Monson as number two, almost four minutes down on the leader. Um, And of course we have to mention Tuva Alexanderson she was uh, running out seven almost seven and a half minutes uh, down on the leader here in the chasing start on the sunday
2: yeah i think we didn't we didn't talk about Tuva last uh, last week uh, and i'm pretty sure she was not on the entry list uh, when we recorded that podcast and I, i'm pretty sure she was a late entry uh, because uh, yeah, if, if she had been on the list we had been looking at, I'm pretty sure we would have mentioned her as uh, one of the three biggest favourites here. Even if she had to start seven minutes down, it was only three minutes up to Elin Monson and Juskin channel So, but yeah, Tuval Alexandersson started seven and a half minutes down uh, and passed Andreas Svensson after about an hour of the running time. Um, and in the end, it was more than three and a half minutes. So Tuval Alexandersson was about 11 minutes faster than Andreas Svensson uh, during these... 80, 83, 84 minutes she was running. Uh, and I think that's, a, of course, that's a big margin, but it's also not extraordinary compared to what you normally see Tuve do in the World Cup races, for example. Uh,
0: now, uh, as you mentioned, that, uh, Tuve, she said that after the race uh, she was unsure if uh, she uh, was able to uh, compete and she was uh, late entered here. And uh, yeah, but late, but good. And uh, she took the overall victory here. Uh, uh, traditionally, it has been uh, Swedish League in the women's class. Uh, Colin Olson uh, has been winning, and that's quite a lot. And in the men's class, it has been uh, Gustav Bergman up and down and every time almost. Uh, and he was uh, going out uh, yeah, almost together with uh, Viktor Svensk in the chasing start with uh, Martin Regborn uh, three minutes down. And that was yeah, exciting. And,
2: and it was uh, really, really exciting to see the GPS. Uh, I I was a bit busy when they were actually running, so I had to see the GPS replay. And I was surprised of how exciting it actually turned out to be, because yeah, in the beginning, Victor Svensk was slightly ahead of Gustav Bergman, and then he increased the lead a bit, and then for quite a long time he was running about a minute ahead of Gustav Bergman in the forest, and then Gustav made some mistakes, and yeah, at the arena passage, maybe with 25-30 minutes left of the course. Uh, Victor Svens was leading with uh, around three minutes. And it seemed to be pretty clear that he was going to win. Uh, and at that point, Gustav had been caught by Martin Regborn. Uh, and then on the last loop, first, Victor Svens made a big, big mistake. Uh, so they all got together. And then on the way to the third last control, there was a quite long route choice leg in the in a very steep slope where Gustav Bayman took a much better route than the other two and got a, a big, big gap, almost a minute. And it seemed like, yeah, of course, it's it's over. Uh, but then Gustav, he lost his concentration a bit there on the way to the second-last control, made a m- minute mistake. Viktor Svensk was able to pass. Reborn was able to pass. And, yeah, Viktor Svensk got the seconds he needed to stay away uh, while Gustav Bayman chased... Reigborn and passed him in the in the last meters. Uh, so yeah, Victor Svensk ahead of Gustav Björman with Martin Regborn in third place.
0: Yeah, and uh, Victor Svensk admitted after the race that uh, he was a bit lucky in the end there because uh, uh, Gustav uh, had the victory down in his pocket, as we say in uh, Norway. Uh, uh, we uh, tried to uh, uh, get in contact with uh, Gustav about uh, his mistake there in the end, but. Uh, uh, we hadn't, haven't been able to get a talk with him, but uh, even though we have the winner, uh, uh, we have a talk with Victor, as you mentioned, he has been uh, yeah, winning uh, Swedish uh, National Champs Grand Slam and no, no also uh, the Swedish League overall. So I think we should listen to he, what he said after the race uh, on Sunday. International National Orienteering Podcast uh, are so lucky that we have the big name in the Swedish uh, autumn orienteering, Viktor Svensk, uh, on the line. Viktor, uh, how is it uh, for you this uh, afternoon uh, after winning the Swedish League overall?
1: Uh, of course, it feel, feels uh, very good. <laughs> and uh, not Nice to, to, to catch the win in the end. Uh, yeah, because uh, you were very offensive uh, before
0: the race. Uh, you said uh, it was uh, uh, eight seconds separating you and Gustav Bergman and it was up for a tight fight. And you said uh, it's time to pick down uh, Bergman from the throne that he has been winning uh, Yeah, many times in a row the Swedish League. Yeah. How was the race, actually? It was more than
1: just you two in the mix. Yeah, I go out uh, quite hard and uh, look pretty much uh, on Gustav and uh, try to see how uh, he, uh, he feels, and uh, then I got alone loan uh, quite early uh, so I ran in myself uh, for the most time but then I did a uh, quite big mistake on the last loop. And then Martin and Gustav catch me up.
0: And uh, then, how was it then? Was it again 0-0 zero, zero, and uh, every opportunity? Or uh, did you get uh, defensive uh, when you were caught
1: up? I felt quite strong physically. So I think that I, I have a, a plan that just uh, stay with them and then go hard. Uh, in the end, but then they split up, so I decided to go with Martin. Uh, that was not the best best uh, choice because uh, Gustav uh, got a quite big uh, big lead uh, to the third last control, but then he he did the mistake on the second last control control and I can I passed him. So, uh, but
0: uh, how is it uh, for you when you have uh, Gustav and uh, Martin? Uh, do you feel uh, confident uh, in your sprint or do you feel you have to n- need to take it in the orienteering?
1: I don't know. I I know that both of them are really strong, physical and technical, so it's, it's hard to have uh, a strategy, but I just try to... Do my best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that was uh, good enough to win uh, the Swedish league overall. Uh, And as I mentioned, uh, Jusser Bergman has been uh, the name of that game uh, for quite a long. uh, Yeah, Uh, the feeling of that. Uh, You are now uh, the overall winner. Stable performance during the whole season. Uh, Are you grown up and uh,
1: into the real uh, deal now, Viktor? Yeah, I hope so. I I, I hope I will take over. After Gustav and they win the Swiss League a lot of times uh, in the upcoming year.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you have been yeah really stable. Uh, because we have to mention that uh, before this uh, chasing start, uh, there was a night champs on uh, Friday, and there you're uh, winning with uh, five minutes and secured your uh, fourth individual. Uh, Swedish gold medal this uh, season, really impressive. Uh, and how was the night champs for you?
1: It was uh, really good. I am not running so much night uh, because I often run the the day uh, on uh, on Jokola and Timmel and so so I not run so much night. So it's not my favorite, but it was a was a good race.
0: Yeah, but uh, what is your favorite actually? When you're winning the champs in ultra long, long, middle, and night, uh, yeah, uh, what is your favorite? Can you tell?
1: I think long is my favorite. And like uh, but uh, but uh, how do you, uh, uh,
0: yeah, how do you prioritize the next season? Then is it the Europeans uh, long distance that is your uh, main goal?
1: Yeah, that will be my main goal. So, uh, hopeful I will be be in shape. Uh, and, there and uh, maybe top six there, it will be fun.
0: Top six only. You are beating the Iranian Iranian champion uh, Regborn <laughs> and now, uh, and uh, you're only aiming for top six. Uh, can we? I think we need to say uh, medal
1: or. Yeah, so I go for medal and the win, but it's, yeah. it's lots of strong, strong athletes. So we will see.
0: Strong athletes, but uh, most of them are going for Europeans now. And but you are uh, probably going to run Mana relay.
1: Yeah, of course I go. I go for Shifamana instead of sprint. Sprint instead is of... not my fav- favorite.
0: And then uh, you will uh, try to uh, get the victory for your club uh, Södertuna, and uh, and have a really good uh, uh, end of the this season.
1: Yeah, we will go for. Go for win, but I think it will be hard. We have a lot of good runners that will run the Europeans, so I think it will be be hard uh, to catch the win this year. But we will see.
0: Uh, how uh, how important is uh, this? Uh, Shufamana, can you tell the international listeners uh, how important <clears> this <throat> uh, for the Swedish clubs?
1: I, t- I think it's more important for the whole club, uh, not the most important race for the top runners, but it's a nice, nice competition that the whole club run together and so.
0: Yeah, and uh, and uh, what you, will you do? Will you have a season break or will you just uh, conserve your, uh, be in good shape uh, for the next season now?
1: I think I will have a small season break, but... I'm really looking forward to to train and have a good winter so uh so I yeah I will train.
0: Yeah and uh who is
1: your uh, main
0: training uh, uh mates uh is it or do you uh, like to train uh, alone during winter?
1: Uh, I live in Uppsala so it's a lot of fast guys here. So it's a lot of runners that I can run with the whole winters. That's really nice.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was uh, really nice to hear uh, and uh, watch your uh, uh, in the forest this weekend with uh, two victories uh, and a really strike in the Swedish champs. Uh, really, uh, congratulations again. And we look forward to see how you uh, perform uh, Yeah, also in the future, Victor. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Victor Svansk there uh, talking about uh, Swedish league and uh, what's uh, coming up uh, next. Uh, we didn't mention he, he is uh, supposed to run leading a Loppe the coming uh, weekend. And that will also be interesting to see how uh, good he is uh, running without the map and uh, searching for controls. What do you think? Yeah, there's there a lot
2: of volunteers running there. I think Emil, the brother Emil, is also running. I think. Uh, uh, Another one from the Stora Tuna Jukola winning team, Ulle Kalred. Uh, I've heard some unconfirmed rumors that says uh, Ulle Kalred is aiming for the victory in leading Eloppe. And both Ulle and Emil Svensk, and probably also Victor, is aiming to beat the, the legendary time of uh, Marcel Stadius, uh, the best running year in the history of leading Eloppe. So that would be something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. Uh, Emil Svensk did a really good race uh, last year. And uh, then he was, uh, yeah, a couple of uh, uh, seconds or uh, was it uh, half a minute down on uh, the time of uh, Matsal from uh, the 1980s? Yeah, I think so.
2: So it should be, I think, uh, it seems like Emil has a really good preparation now. And looking at his training at Strava, it maybe feels like he's training more towards leading Europa than he's towards the European Championship. So... Yeah, I think we should uh, see a very fast time from Emil Svensk and also from more orienteers uh, at leading up.
0: Yeah, but uh, before that, we can look at what happened in Finland uh, about sprint. It was uh, uh, the first ever uh, Finnish champs in a knockout sprint uh, held uh, this uh, weekend, uh, and uh, that was uh, exciting, uh, as almost in knockout sprints. Yeah, uh, I
2: think Noko Sprint, is a, it's a, you have to be a lot better than the opponents to make it not exciting. We have seen it sometimes with Tuva Alexandersson, where she's just running in front and just dropping everyone else and deciding the race early on. Uh, but uh, yeah, you have to be extremely much better than the others to be able to make the Noko Sprint boring. Uh, but here in the Finnish Championship, it was uh, much, much closer. Uh, I have, I've seen some photos of the from the final and it looked like it was really, really tight battle. If you start with the Mender, with, the, with the, for me, a slightly surprised winner in Eero Heinonen, uh, the MS Parma runner. Um, he won the, the race ahead of Mathieu Perrin, but Mathieu Perin is not eligible for the for the Finnish medals. So Temu Oksanen, he got the silver and Otto Kajer got the bronze. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had, like, in fifth place of the race, uh, fourth place, we had Thomas Heikila, uh,
0: which have been maybe the best Finnish sprinter uh, this year. And, and then we see that uh, Timo Oksan and, and Uttu uh, got uh, silver and bronze in the, both uh, the individual sprint and the knockout sprint in the Finnish champs. Uh, yeah, These uh, stable performances uh, in the sprint races from them. And uh, we had a foreign runner in the men's class uh, on the medal position. But in the in the women's class, it was uh, actually uh, the winner was from uh, outside Finland.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's no big surprise that uh, Teresa Janosjeskova, the Czech runner, uh, representing Sunta Jyveskila, she, she got the victory in this race. Uh, she has been doing really well internationally in no before. And yeah, I think in general, the Finnish ladies have not been performing at a very high level in international knockout sprints uh, the last few years. So no surprise that uh, Janosjeskova won the race. Uh, venla Harjo was second and she got the gold medal in Finnish champs. Maja Sijanoyade got the silver medal and Aino Menkele got the bronze medal. Uh,
0: yeah, venla Harjo, she... Uh was quoted on that uh, she she was a bit disappointed that she was not the winning the race, but the goal was uh, to get the victory in the Finnish champs. So uh, she succeeded in, in that at least. Uh, and uh, this is also a European uh, champ selection race for the Finnish team. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was some uh, controversy after the individual sprint the last week. And... Uh, and uh, that could be a tough selection for the Finnish coaches. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see the selection because it's
2: very hard from for, for us that stands on the outside to know how much weight they can actually put on the races that were held last week because apparently there was a big, big issue with the map. Um, so, yeah, I think both with the printing style and the colours and the, uh, the the international sprint or map specification, were probably not held like it should be. Uh, I saw, for example, Mika Kirmula, He had a long post about it uh, last week after the race on Instagram, where he basically said that he is uh, sick of the low quality sprint or races in Finland, and that he will not. He would. He did not take part in the Noco sprint as kind of a protest uh, because of the low quality, and he said that like, yeah, he will be back running sprints when the events are of uh, good enough quality. And I think that's good. Um, it, it's super important in sprint races that the map is good and that the, the printing is good and everything because it's so small margins and you have so little time to read the map. And then if yeah, if the organizers, and you, you have to blame the Federation for these big events like the Finnish championship and national team selection races, uh, it's important that the National Federation are taking its role as controlling and stuff properly. And if they are not delivering good enough, then it's good that the athletes are saying,
0: I'm not interested in doing this. Yeah, and uh, it was a protest from him uh, there. And yeah, yeah, as we mentioned, it would be interesting to see how they uh, put that in, uh, into the selection and yeah, how they do that. But uh, Kivmola uh, is probably in the individual sprint team at least. Yeah, I think he, he, you you
2: never know. Maybe this really killed his motivation for a sprint, and he has taken an early holiday. We will see when the teams are coming out. But uh, he should also be a good knockoff sprinter if he if he's uh, if he's in the right mood.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, from Finland, uh, as you mentioned, uh, we are. Uh, Moving to uh, Czech Republic, yeah, they had their uh, Czech, Czech champs middle distance with a qualifier on Saturday and a final on Sunday. Uh, Tomas Krivda, uh, the last year's uh, winner, was a clear favourite in the men's class. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe Vandula Hoshikova was uh, the favourite in the women's class. Yeah, with
2: uh, with uh, Teresa Janosiskova in Finland, uh... Horseskova has been the the girl with the best results in the forest the last few years of the girls that are still aiming at the very high international level. Uh, And yeah, Krivda and her were both the defending champions, so the big favourites before the race. Uh, Czech champ is really cool. There's a lot of runners, so they had like qualifications the day before with four heats in both the women's class and men's class. And of course, in the qualifiers, you often get a good... Uh, a good picture of what you can expect in the final. Uh, on the women's side, we had heat winners uh, in Denisa Koshova, Barbara Shalupskova, Jana Petrova and Adela Vandasova. And some of the medals come from these four. Uh, in the men's class, we had Krivda, Milos Nikodin, Wojciech Kral, and Jonas Hubacek uh, winning the qualification heats. And also there we see some of the same names on the podium in the final. But yeah, we can start with the, with the women's uh, final, where it was an extreme close battle in the end between uh, Jana Stelikova and Denisa Kosova. In the end, it was only nine seconds separating them in the favor of Jana Stelikova. Uh, and then the bronze medal got to Barbara Shalupska uh, a bit more than a minute behind. Uh, and here, the favorite and defending champion Lula Hoshiskova, she started well and was leading um, midway in the course, but then she injured herself and had to
0: abandon the race. Yeah, we uh, will hope uh, she will uh, be back soon and that the uh, injury is not so uh, serious that uh, that she can take part in uh, yeah rest of the competitions this uh, autumn.
2: Uh, yep, and then we can move to the men's class. Uh, in, in the women's class, it was a tight battle. In the men's class, it was a big, big difference. And no surprise, Thomas Krivda, uh, with the, not a good race he's so stable in these races in Czech Republic always performing at a clearly higher level than all the rest and so this week as well uh, and he won with 2 minutes and 3 seconds ahead of Martin Rudny uh, with Jonas Hubacek in bronze place, two and a half and minutes down and then we had Wojciech Kral and Milos Nikodim in 4th
0: place and 5th place just outside the medals it's quite interesting to see that uh... Krivda is winning with two minutes, but then it's really tight among the rest.
2: Yeah, so if you look from the second place to fifth place, there is 55 seconds. Um, and then there is like a gap down to the others. And yeah, I mean, Rudni, Hubacek, Kral, Nikodim, that's names we have seen quite high up in result list of international events. So we know that these are good orienteers, uh, but Krivda is on a different level.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it could be worth mentioning that uh, the big uh, junior stars, uh, Jakub Shalupski and Anna Karlova, won uh, their junior classes here in the Czech middle distance champs. Before we are moving to Hungary, champs sprint. And yeah, then... so
2: in Hungary, we had uh, high, high uh, expectations on to see, see a, a great battle between Victoria and Marg. And Rita Maramorosi, the two juniors, Maramorosi, the reigning world champion, uh, junior world champion and Vitura Marg that was in the top 10 of the latest World Cup. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rita Maramorosi had a miss punch, uh, but I think her time was still a little bit behind Vitura Mark, So Vitura Mag was the best runner of the day and she got a clear victory winning with more than one minute ahead of Sofia Sarkozy uh, with Silla Gardoni taking the last the last medal and these are names that are very familiar for everyone that has been following J-Walk the last five, six years there's been a lot of good results in, yeah, both in AOC and j from these girls before
0: Yeah, and we will probably see uh, if not in the Europeans uh, this autumn but uh, uh, maybe already in the World Champs uh, the next summer uh, they are performing quite uh, high level uh, among the top uh, elite seniors also
2: Definitely and I think we have seen yeah, in the last six, seven years we have had a lot of Hungarians with doing really good results internationally at youth level and junior level, and now they have the European champs next summer in the forest at home, and they have the World Championship in twenty seven. So it's uh, it should be a really exciting time to follow for fans of Hungarian orienteering.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think uh, we can. Uh... And can uh, say that the women's class has uh, a bit higher level than the men's class, but uh, we should not uh, jump over the men's uh, here in the national champs in Hungary. No, I
2: mean, they are they are also good runners. Uh, and we had a quite close battle for the medals. Uh, it's 14 seconds from the gold medal and down to the bronze medal. Uh, the winner, Mihaly Ormai, took the victory six seconds ahead of the experienced Aron Baku. With uh, last year's junior world champion in middle distance, Sultan Boidoso, in third place. So, yeah, it's not only on the women's side that uh, Hungary has uh, interesting runners for the future. Uh,
0: from interesting runners uh, for the futures, we are uh, moving towards Switzerland with uh, top runners uh, these days. Uh, there was uh, a Swiss uh, champs long distance on Sunday, but uh, yeah, could we call it a warm up with the uh, national race in the middle distance on uh, Saturday here we could see that uh, yeah there was not all uh, the best taking parts no definitely it's uh, that the national race at the elite level it was
2: more like a model event so a lot of the top runners they were not running uh, most of them are you know in full focus for sprint mode and then it's enough to have one forest race uh, but we saw some of the top names showing up at the start line uh, and yeah, the winners, Simona Ebersholt and Florian Håvald, they are really, really good runners. Uh, but yeah, they were having a bit different performance level here. Uh, Simona Ebersholt did a pretty good race, but she was doing it as intervals. So she was like running for 10 minutes and then she walked for one minute and then she ran for 10 minutes. Uh, but it's, it was still enough to win 25 seconds ahead of, the, uh, of Lili Graber, the junior world champion from Turkey two years ago. And with Sanna Hotz in third place was also just behind there. So it was much, much more close than it would have been normally if uh, Simon Ebersholt had been running the race properly.
0: Uh, but uh, Florian did uh, run uh, all in one uh, long <laughs> interval.
2: Yeah, but he, he, he put in some natural breaks because he was making some big, big mistakes uh so it was it was not uh Simona had a pretty good run but was running a bit strange. Uh, Florian was running normally, but it was not a good race. So yeah, if if we had had cu uh, or someone other on place with a good good race, it would have been for sure a few minutes faster.
0: Yeah, we could uh, probably see uh, the signs already that day. Uh, what will uh, come the day after? If you mention keyboards and uh, Horvath. But we take... Uh,
1: oh, we, we, the... sh- we
0: we can start with the men here because yeah. you have an interview with Simon Ebersholt. So therefore we start with the men. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, uh, probably keyboards would have been uh, some minutes faster. And uh, the day after, keyboards was at the start. And he was uh, quite a lot of minutes faster than uh, Horvath a lot
2: faster and Hovalt was doing pretty good uh so it was a bit special because these races were held in the uh the Jura park so northwestern switzerland border to france and it was a completely new uh new map area so i'm always a bit skeptical when there is like completely new map or if it's been an old map maybe in the 60s or 70s or something and then no new map because then it's often like it's a, it's a reason why it haven't been mapped. Uh, but this area has they have been wanting to map it for 30, 40 years. But there's also always been some issues with the nature protector or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, but finally, it was uh, mapped and it was a very, very interesting area. Um, a lot of uh, long route choices uh, where you could run on the path and the fields here. Uh, so it was it felt like a really fast course and that suits Cubot extremely well. Um, but still some very tricky controls and we saw a lot of people making mistakes, which is partly explaining the big differences because Matthias Kibutz he won with uh, more than six minutes ahead of Florian Hohwald. Um And Howald started three minutes before Kibbutz and Kibbutz passed him in the forest after about 15 minutes of running. So Howald had a really bad start of the course and Kibutz passed him without him seeing it. Um, but then in the last part of the race, Howald had a much much better performance in the last yeah two third of the race and he was able to climb up all the way up to a silver medal.
0: Uh, and uh, we had a new and a an new good race from uh, Fabian Abelsolt uh, getting a, a new medal in the senior class in the Swiss uh, champs with the bronze here.
2: Yeah, he got the silver in the middle distance last year and uh, last week, and then the bronze here. He was also the one that was closest to Kubot. Uh, I think after about 70 minutes of running, he was only two minutes behind, uh, but then he made four, about four minutes mistake in the last park uh, and dropped down to the bronze medal. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a lot of mistakes. Kubus had a really good race except for one control where he lost about two minutes. Uh, Horwalt had a bad start with the three minutes mistake or something like that. Abishol lost three, four minutes in the last park. Uh, Tino Polsino in fourth place he was doing pretty good Daniel Hubmann in fifth place he had also some big big problems Uh, and also for example a guy like Joey Hardorn, he made a seven
0: eight minute mistake very early on and and didn't even finish the race Uh, he went home then uh, but uh, I think we mentioned uh, the veteran Mark Lowenstein last week Um, he is uh, he is one minute down on Hubmann here uh... Uh, that uh, that's not good sign for Hulman. But uh, the last uh, internationals this year is in sprint, not in long distance. So no, and of course that will affect the results here. I mean, uh,
2: yeah, I mean of course the best runners they've been focusing on the forest races all the way until Czech Republic, and they've been they ran a race last week, they ran a race this week. So you don't really forget your orienteering, but maybe you lose a little bit of sharpness. Uh, and especially maybe the concentration over a long period of time is a bit different when you run in the forest compared to training in sprints
0: like they have been doing the last few weeks. Yeah, but uh, at least uh, kibu's got its uh, seven, uh, seventh title in the long distance of Swiss champs. Uh, that's quite good. Uh, yeah, to have seven titles in such a uh, big competition. Uh, I think that's yeah, you know present. that's 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 seven more than the, most of us gets. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, but he didn't win uh, the world champs in long distance. He's still missing that. Uh, uh, the winner in the women's class here, uh, she won also the long distance uh, at the world champs. Yes, yeah, Simon Abshold
2: uh, with a good race here. Uh, the day the intervals the day before clearly worked out. Uh, She had one bad leg, there was a long route choice leg where she first picked the wrong route and then had a mistake at the control, so she lost quite a few minutes there, Uh, but overall the race was solid, and when she's running solid, the other ones have to really perform well to be able to challenge her, and yeah, none of them really were, and therefore she got a clear victory three minutes ahead of Natalia Gempelé. Uh, Gempel had a very bad start of the race, first with a three and a half minute mistake on the second control, and then she also ran a bit suboptimal on the on the first long leg. Um, but then she finished strong and was able to climb all the way up to second place. And then we had the bronze medal for Paula Gross. Um, so she's been apparently she's taken the bronze medal in the long distance Swiss champs five years in a row. Uh, that's a bit of a special stat. Uh, you often hear the streaks about people that is winning four or five years in a row, uh, but taking the bronze medal five years in a row, that's uh, that's something special.
0: Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, Magdalene can have uh, silver uh, five years in a row behind Olof uh, <laughs> so maybe. It could uh, be, it could I, have, be. I haven't checked that, but uh, maybe. Uh, special stats there, but uh, uh, I was interested in uh, what... Uh, the world uh, distance uh, uh, champion in of the world. And yeah, no, this year, uh, national champs in long distance, Simona Ebersalt, will do to be a champion in the Europeans in sprint. So uh, we had a talk with her. I think we should uh, listen to that one. Even national or interim podcasts uh, uh, heading out to Switzerland and a uh, uh, long distance winner in the women's class, Simona Ebersalt. Uh, you were running really good uh, and won the, with big margins in the national champs. Uh, how was it in the forest?
3: Yeah, I have to say didn't really feel that good in the forest after a big mistake to number four. But uh, yeah, in the end, looking back, I really have to say it was a good race. And um, yeah, I came really well back into the race after the mistake, even though the feeling wasn't good. I think that is also something because I'm training only sprint right now. So it feels a lot slower in the forest and uh, yeah, it could be because of that. So yeah, looking back, it was a really good race.
0: Uh, A really good race and winning with a really big margin. Uh, You are uh, the queen of long distance after winning world champs (laughs) and also uh, doing a great performance uh, in the national champs. Uh, But as you mentioned, it's sprint, it's focus now. What does that mean in your training?
3: Yeah, I'm not training in the forest anymore. That's the main thing that has changed so far. Um, I'm trying to train a lot on soft ground still to save my legs a bit from um, yeah, the asphalt. That's, um, of course, a lot when you train sprint. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it also changed a bit in not having that many long runs anymore. So I'm training shorter distances and training much more um, sprint relevant, like back and forth and uh, sprint intervals, of course.
0: Yeah, What uh, do you mean by sprint intervals and back and forth? Do you have that in one session, like in a football field or uh, can you be concrete on that?
3: Yeah, exactly. I'm doing some intervals um, on the football field. Um, like, for example, 100 meters back and forth all the time um, and maybe 500 meters in uh, one set or one um, interval, one rep. So, um, yeah, and then also, of course, normal sprint intervals with a map and in the city.
0: Uh, for how long has this been going on? Uh, I mean, it was uh, a really important world uh, champs on home soil uh... This summer. And how long has the specific training been going on for you?
3: Yeah, exactly. I hadn't really trained any sprints before World Champs. And then I had, I think, two fast sprint sessions um, between the World Champs and World Cup. So I was quite unprepared for World Cup. Uh, Probably the most unprepared I've been in my whole career for a race. But uh, yeah, with the World Cup, it was kind of the kickoff for... Sprint training, so I've not been training in the forest since World Cup. Just racing,
0: just racing some uh, some uh, national champs and uh, and just winning some uh, gold medals. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm uh, curious. Uh, uh, it's quite contrast between winning world champs in uh, in long distance and uh, European champs in sprint. Uh, is that possible for you and your uh, boyfriend?
3: I think it's possible for both of us. Um, The question is if we have a good race at that day. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to racing in the city again and uh, been training a lot in the city and on sprint maps. So let's see.
0: Yeah, uh, you're looking forward to that. What will you do the next uh, two and a half week uh, uh, until the first uh, final day on the Europeans?
3: Um I'll travel to Italy next Friday so um then I'll stay there until Eok. it's uh, I think 2 weeks so training a lot of sprint in the Italian cities
0: and uh eating a lot of uh, pasta and pizza also or yeah, and
3: gelato of course
0: yeah of course <laughs> uh, it's good for the recoveries exactly. um uh what is the main uh, thing that need to be uh, uh, you need to uh, the brick to have uh, to uh, be able to get yourself in the position to win a gold medal, do you think?
3: Mm, yeah, I think the speed is something that I have to work.
0: For the last part to go. They're about uh, running faster to become better sprint orienteer. Uh, in Switzerland, they had uh, long distance uh, and uh, forest orienteering this uh, weekend. In Norway, it was uh, selection races for. Uh, Yeah, just a sprint uh, in the Europeans coming up in two weeks uh, this weekend. And it was uh, far up north in uh, Tromsø. Uh, It was a knockout sprint on Thursday and then an individual sprint on Friday. Um, I think we should start, uh, yeah, of course, with a knockout sprint. Uh, Did you see any tracking there or something? It was not tracking, but live results.
2: Yes, I only seen the results. And yeah, if we start with the women, I think we have a, it was a very good performance by the junior young Jongvik. Uh, she won the qualifier and she ended up second place in the final, uh, just beaten by Victoria Hester which is like the, uh, yeah, kind of a knockout specialist by Norwegian standards with a lot of good medals from the Norwegian championship in Oko Sprint before. Um, yeah, and so no surprise that she's winning here. So a few seconds before Pia Week in the final with Arne Dirkorn in third place, uh, Ragnil Aid in fourth place. Then a big surprise uh, in my eyes in Frida Haugskott uh, in fifth place. And with Leneberg Hansen, the, the last the last of the finalists, uh, the, the, the reigning Norwegian sprint champion from this summer. Uh, but in the Noko sprint final, she was a bit too slow in the end.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Victoria Hauser-Bjørnstra as a knockout uh, sprint specialist. Uh, She's actually the only junior that's, uh, that has won uh, senior champs in Norway. And that was in the knockout sprint uh, four years ago in uh, Vardal in Trøndelag, the first ever knockout sprint national champs in Norway. Yeah, but I uh, saw so it's always a bit special with these national
2: races in knockout sprint uh, compared with internationally. First of all, like here it's only three rounds and not four rounds, uh, like it's in the, uh, the World Cup or World Championship and European Champs. Um, but also because of the qualifier in these national races, you can perform quite mediocre in the qualifier and still go through without any problems. Uh, so for example here, Pia Week won the qualifier, but uh, Victoria Hester Bjornstar was around a half a minute down. So if that was an international event, I'm not sure if she would have been able to go through uh, with that margin um, so yeah uh, it's something she has to work a bit on before the European Champs maybe
0: yeah that, that's true actually uh, that's uh, quite a big mad margin with uh, such a short qualifier that's uh, that we are talking about here only nine minutes or so or something like that so yeah uh, that's true <clears throat> and uh, in the men's class it was uh, the the winner of the qualifier was also uh,
2: yeah, high up in the final. Yeah, so the in, in the qualifier, it was a shared victory between Langedal, Erik Langdal Breivik and Cornelius Björk. And they went to go 1-2 in the final. So no doubt who was the best two runners in this race. Uh, it seemed to be like a very close fight. Uh, only a second between them uh, in the favor of Langdal Breivik. Uh, Cornelius Björk is a very interesting runner in these knockout sprints. Um, because he's a very fast runner and I think he got a pretty good kick as well. So, very impressed that Langdal Breivik was able to beat him in such a tight battle here.
0: Uh, Cornelius Björki he was also a silver medalist in the Norwegian Champs earlier this uh, spring. And uh, about uh, has to be Björk, she was winning that uh, knockout uh, sprint in the Norwegian Champs in the spring. But uh, the yeah. winner, yeah. Yeah, and, and talking about the, the winners of that Norwegian Noko Sprint Championship,
2: uh, in the men's class it was Ulrik Astrup-Arnesen and he was clearly one of the big favourites uh, for this race before the start uh, but in the qualifier he he got disqualified and therefore was out of the battle already before it started. So big, big loss for him uh, and also he was a bit unlucky in the in the individual sprint either so yeah, the the Norwegian champion in sprint, Norwegian champion in Sprint, Illyga and he really messed up this weekend and will not be running European champs.
0: No, it's, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, you could, uh, yeah, uh, take it easy. It's maybe not the uh, uh, right word, but uh, running uh, not in so high uh, risk uh, in the qualifier when it's uh, not so tight to getting through. But, uh, yeah, he, he did, uh, yeah, did a mispunch there and uh, disqualified. And then he was uh, he was running those uh, last heat. But uh, it's difficult to do perform so good when you're running uh, almost alone there. Compared to those who yes. are running against uh, yeah, uh, equally good runners in the IA heat. Yep. Yeah,
2: so then we had, the, of course, uh, one-two was Langdal, Breivik and Björk. And then in third place, we have Jürgen Barkley, the skier and world champion. Uh, fourth place Mikkel Holt uh, medalist from j last year so we actually had two, two first year elite runners in the top four here, uh, Cornelius Björk was also running the j last year and then Elias Jonsson in fifth place so yeah very young um, young group of finalists I think Langdal Breivik is the oldest
0: and he's like 25 so the knockout sprint is really for the for the young kids uh, it's worth uh, mentioning that uh... Uh, both uh, Cornelius Björk and Mikkel Holt, uh, they did not uh, take part in the Norwegian Champs in Forest Orange during uh, uh, one and a half a week before this uh, race. Uh, they were uh, prioritizing the sprint and uh, get uh, get results in that uh, prioritations.
2: Yeah, I think they could have gotten these results also with doing the Norwegian Championship. But, you know, on this point, I'm a grumpy old dude, so... For me, you know, it's a forest orienteering. That's like the real deal, and then these sprint races is a bit fun stuff. But uh, obviously, the young kids they are looking at it differently.
0: Then uh, it was uh, some more fun stuff on the Friday. Then it was uh, a traditional uh, individual sprint uh, uh, with 15 minutes of running, and then the Norwegian champs showed skills again in the women's class.
2: Yeah, uh, but this is like. This is one of the most fun results lists I've seen in a sprint race ever. I think if you look at both women and the men's class, so in both men's class and women's class, there were four runners within three seconds, so extremely tight. Uh, and as you said, yeah, on the women's side, the Norwegian champion Lena Berg Hansen she got the victory, one second ahead of the Bjornstad. Emma Arnesten in third place was two seconds down, and then Arne Kroon was fourth, three seconds down also running later in fifth place was only 9 seconds behind so it was extremely close yeah
0: uh, and uh, in the knockout uh, pia young was number 2 and uh, the juniors were running same course here and she was uh, he, she had been uh, number 9 in the senior class here and she was also beating beaten in the junior class uh, of uh, Janine Jaldar regborn that uh, performed really good in the Antwerpen couple of weeks ago yeah so but yeah i mean
2: it's uh, if you're in the top 10 in norway as a junior that's pretty good uh, so of course yeah a bit down in the level from performance from the day before where she was second but still a top 10 uh it's a decent performance by pia young week
0: yeah and uh, she is a good sprinter she was a silver medalist in the junior workshop so so yeah she has uh fast running legs and good orienteering in this uh, in these uh, sprint races? Uh, and
2: among the men, as I said, it was also extremely tight. Uh, Erik Langdal Brevik, the winner of the Noko sprint, he got the victory also here. <laughs> uh, but it was two guys just one second behind him uh, Sigur Pelsen Vie in second place, together with Isak Jonsson. Uh, and then Jurgen Barkley in third place from the Noko sprint, he was number four here, um, three seconds down. And we remember at the Norwegian Middle Distance Championship, there was uh, seven guys from Anthony on top in the MEN21. Uh, this time it was only five guys because also Marcus Janis, Sam, uh, maybe the biggest surprise of this weekend. He was in the final uh, of the Noko sprint the day before, where he finished sixth and then number five here in individual sprint. Uh, but here the gap from four to five was quite clear. Jürgen Bakke was only three seconds down. And then Janis, Sam, he
0: was 16 seconds down. Uh, but even though he's uh, beating uh, uh, really good runners uh, like Cornelius Bjork and uh, Hovasam Sætsmo, and yeah, Ulrik Asbakken and the uh, Norwegian champs here, uh, Marcus uh, uh But yeah, uh, but uh, the... uh, now you mentioned uh,
2: Hovasam I think we should say that he is maybe the biggest disappointment of this weekend. Uh, last year he was number four in the Sprint World Championship. Uh, so you. Mm-hmm kind of would expect him to be a dominant factor uh, this weekend uh, when there's races in Norway and it's not top international competition uh, but he got knocked out in the semi-final in the knockout sprint and only an eighth place in the in the sprint so clearly he his sprint form is not at the same level as it was
0: last year uh, what do you think about uh, his uh, younger brother then yeah, so Matzaitz he was uh, doing extremely well at
2: the sprint races in the World Cup in Czech Republic. First in top ten in the individual sprint, and then he had a really good, uh, really good leg in the mixed team sprint. There, um, he was, also not a superb uh, knockout sprint. And then in the in the in the individual sprint, he was one of the guys that got disqualified uh, because they were mispunching on a wrong control. Uh, but his time was pretty good. Not that he would have been ch- challenging for the victory, but he should have probably been around fifth place, sixth place. Uh, so, but yeah, um, Matt Saito and all the other they have to punch the correct controls.
0: Yeah, you are mentioning that uh, there was uh, actually uh, first a complaint and then a protest on that one. It was uh, uh, if you are looking at uh, at the uh, tracking from this race on Friday, it was. Uh, uh, be- just before the uh, 13 control in the men's class, it was a uh, control on a tree before, uh, and uh, many runners punched that. And uh, when you're coming on the reachers to the right, and then just uh, uh, going uh, 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 continuing the course in the tricky uh, short uh, legs uh, from there on. And uh, yeah, there were a uh, lot of dis- disqualifications there, and that was a uh, complain and a protest, and the jury was out there measuring, uh, I think the rule says uh, 25 meters, uh, it has to be in uh, between uh, uh, details of the same type, uh, and uh, here it was 25 and a half meter, and uh, the complaint was uh, declined, and uh, the race was uh, officially, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it was uh, for
0: those who for those who miss this control you can't
2: really just compare the times they had at the finish because yeah you it was 25 meters and then you would punch and then turn around around 25 meters back because it was a shortcut on the way to the next control so i guess the runners that took the wrong control here they gained maybe yeah 50 meters yeah maybe around 10 11 seconds um, so yeah and, and that can be significant in in, in such a tight sprint race. Um, so you can't really just look at the result and then see what time they would have had. Um, but yeah, it was uh, some really good runners doing this mistake. Matz, uh, we, we already mentioned Mats Aizmo, uh, Elias Jonsson was one of the others. And yeah, there were a few more.
0: Maja um, Arnossen in the women's class uh, did that. So yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, should we say uh, the funny part of it? Yeah, that's so good. Uh, because that control, that was, um, they were punching, the wrong control. That was a control that uh, was uh, never used in the race. It was just, uh, they forgot to uh, take it out of the OKD file uh, with the courses. So they had the control uh, guy who uh, was uh, looking after the control the whole race. And uh, the only guys who punched that control was those who punched the wrong control and were disqualified. So... Yeah,
1: oh, that's so good.
0: It, they were, uh, yeah, they were uh, at least uh, uh, need to orient uh, use their uh, skills to the right control next time and check uh, control descri- descriptions. Uh, but uh, yeah, we I think we should mention uh, also it was um, uh, Norwegian cap races in the middle distance and the chasing start. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, I think we should uh, just mention them uh, shortly.
2: Yeah, so there was a middle distance and chasing start and we can do the men's class first because we've already mentioned that Erik Langdal he won the knockout sprint and he won the sprint and then he followed up with winning the middle distance with about two minutes, which is a big, big margin in a short middle distance race. And then on the chasing start, he ran alone in the front all the way and never let the others back in contention. So four victories in four days for Erik Langdal Breivik, showing really, really good form uh, with a few weeks to go for European champs. But yeah, I think uh, now I'm putting a lot of pressure on him here because I think that it's quite often Erik Langdal Breivik is extremely good either just before or just after it really matters. And then when it comes to the international races, he has been struggling to perform at his best level. So we will see if, if, if he, he can change that now or if the narrative will still be that yeah, Erik Langdal brevik is extremely good, but at the wrong time.
0: Yeah, uh, As you may know, I'm uh, asking Lorenz a uh, lot of questions. And I, I talked to Eric. Uh, yeah, it was a bit fun. After Friday's uh, two victories, uh, I said, yeah, what's your uh, goal for the rest of the week? I'm going for four in a row, he said. So, and he uh, delivered, but uh, he also said that he was in much better shape shape now than uh, during the Norwegian champs in uh, in the forest. And he is uh, at the Europeans, he is aiming uh, at uh, at least the same semi final in the knockout sprint. Uh, but uh, I think he was in the se- semi final in the world champs uh, last year, so that's not impossible. But uh, yeah, yeah,
2: of course, uh, it's always a little bit harder in the, in the European champs when there's a lot bigger teams uh, so with world championship you have three four swiss runners you have three four swedish runners and now you get eight of them so it will be a little bit harder uh, for him but with this for this form he should definitely be a candidate for a spot
0: in the final i think yeah uh, we will see we are putting putting the pressure on him and he, he to con- conserve his uh, form uh, two more weeks and then we will see uh, yes, and then
2: on the women's side, um, Anne Dirkun, after a third place and a fourth place in the sprint races, uh, she took the victory in the middle distance uh, and also in the chasing start. But in the chasing start, she got caught by both Marianne Andersen and Ingrid Gulbrandsen that started about half a minute down. Uh, and it was a battle between Andersen and Dirkuhn, uh at the end where... Maran Andersson made a small mistake on the third loss control, and that was enough for Djokoun to get the gap she needed to take the victory.
0: Yeah, and I I think, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, for races in uh, four days, uh, I think it was uh, quite empty on the the tank uh, for some runners here uh, when they came to the Sunday, and it was, uh, yeah, a bit uh, longer courses also. And you know how it is uh, with the motivation in the end of the season. This was the last uh, uh, national races in in, uh, Norway. And, uh, of course, after the selection races uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, the Norwegian team for the Europeans are selected. Any surprises there? Uh, No, not really. But, I mean, we can take some of the
2: important bullet points so if we start with the women uh, there is no andrina Benjaminsen. Uh, she has decided to end the season early uh, she's been struggling after the world championship and yeah no motivation no form for european champs uh, and then we see that uh, marie ulausen uh, that didn't run these sprint races uh, she is selecting in the team um, but yeah all the other girls are as you should expect based on the result from this weekend so it's the ones we've been talking about, uh, Emma Arnesen, Leneberg Hansen, Arne Dirkhorn, Nilede, Victoria Björnstad, Ingrid Lundanes, and Pierre Anglic, together with um, Marie Olausen. So, no real surprises there on the women's side. Uh, on uh, the women's it's, side. Oh. it's
0: worth uh, mentioning um, Marie Olausen, She She's actually number five in the overall World Cup and uh, the Europeans is the last round of this year's uh, World Cup. So... Yeah she's aiming for a good uh, overall position in the uh, World Cup.
2: Yeah and then of course every point counts so of course Mariula, since she isn't a sprinter uh, but she can yeah with a good race she can be I think maybe in the semi-final of the knockout sprint a top 15 in individual sprint and that's uh, that should be valuable points for the overall.
0: Yeah and then we jump uh, yeah to the men's class.
2: Yeah so in the men's class we have uh, yeah not any big surprises. Hovart uh, Eidsmo is still in the team, even if he had a bad selection races. Uh, clearly, I mean, he has been performing so well internationally last year, so he has a lot of credit in the bank. Uh, of course, Kasper Fossa is there. He didn't run the selection race, but he has his personal spot. Uh, and then the, it's the guys that we have been talking about. Erik Langdal-Breivik, both the Jonsson brothers, Mats Eidsmo, uh, Cornelius Björk, Jürgen Barkley, and Sigurd persson via so good team uh, a little bit rough for Marcus Janisem fifth place in the individual sprint sixth place in the Noko sprint and still only reserve uh, but yeah it's uh, it's not easy it's not easy to get a spot in the team so you have to be performing at a really high level in the right competitions and this time it was unfortunately unfortunately not enough for him.
0: Uh, We're also noting that uh, Jürgen Barkley has uh, changed club since uh, the race uh, on Sunday. He's now uh, one of the guys in Uppsala. Yeah, Uh, but I think we mentioned that in a silly
3: season
2: season block earlier in the summer that he's going to change to Uppsala. But yeah, I think uh, what's worth noticing is that in the men's team, I think the oldest are... Håvard Eidsmo and Erik Langdal-Brevik, they are 25. And in the women's team, the oldest are Emma Arnes, and Ingrid Lundanes and Marie-Oleys, is 26. So it's a very, very young Norwegian team.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I saw that uh, when the team came and I was, uh, yeah, I had to uh, believe it was, uh, and I had to check if it actually was right. But it's right, it's uh, 26 years old, uh, yeah, Born 97, uh, those uh, three girls, and, uh, and they're, they're, they are the oldest in the team. So, it's quite uh, young, fresh, and uh, maybe a bit unexperienced, but, uh, yeah, a lot of potential here.
2: Absolutely, and, you know, the only way to get experience is to qualify for these big races and then go out and do them.
0: Yeah, and uh, what uh, races are uh, coming up uh, next week? Yeah, so next weekend it seems to be a little bit uh, more relaxed. Uh,
2: we have some national championship. For example, we have uh, the Czech championship in Sprint. Uh, we have also some around the other side of the globe in the Australian championship. Or is that the Austrian championship? I'm not sure if you have been writing this correctly. Do you know?
0: Australian uh, yeah. or Austria? No, it has to be Austria.
2: Yeah, I think it's Austria. I think we spoke about the Australian Championship in the winter, so we have the Czech Sprint Champs and then the Austrian Middle Distance Champs. Uh, but then, of course, most of the talk in the next episode will be about the preview for the European Champs. I think.
0: Yeah, and then we will go through a uh, lots of the favorites, and uh, yeah, looking what. Or no, uh... you
2: know, it's it no 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 no. We are messing up here.
0: I mean, European
2: Champs is two and a half weeks down the road, so next week is not pre- preview for European Champs. We have to wait another week for that.
0: Yeah, but we're so just... we have a
2: lot of time to prepare for it.
0: Yeah, we're just teasing the listeners. Uh, but uh, even though, it's a lot of uh, looking forward to, to next week's episode. And uh, thanks for now. And uh, yeah, listen up uh, next week. Bye-bye. See you then. Bye-bye.
2: nentro över ett lopp orientering med karta och kompass och riktige skod siktar sågare det bästa notering
0: för kroppen vallet och god in orienteering podcast Mapping and compass navigation skill orienteering competition har bombat nu jävligt på och post har
1: like in our national orienteering podcast